Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Talk. It's Aurelien, the mindfulinvestor.net. I'm here with Glenn, Glenn, uh, Glenn Sutherland.com, sorry, and then Darcy, Darcy White, that's here. We're happy to, to be with you again. And today we will be discussing going beyond the financing wall. Uh, I can start on the topic. Uh, when I started investing, um, you could borrow six times your income with a, a traditional bank and and then you hit the what is what is called the financial wall and ways around the wall uh for example uh what you can do is try to find private lenders and then uh, grow a portfolio that way with private lending private money and then once you have created um, a substantial portfolio you can approach uh, the commercial arm of a bank uh, to refinance and start using them because then then your investment your real estate investing becomes um, a, a business and and then you you qualify with the, the commercial arm of the bank um, another resource could be local banks i wasn't successful with them uh, here in canada uh, they they offered the one time i asked very very high um very very high interest that you know pencil out with the, the numbers i was looking at and how do you how can you find private lenders um you can attend uh, local real estate groups because um, you know there are three elements there are people with money you have money you have experience and you have the time time to find deals if you just have the time it's important to try and find the deal and and then you can partner with someone with a, who has a track record of investing that way because um, you know the people with money will want somebody with a track record and that way you can you can close on on, on deals so that's another way of uh, of doing it you want to go darcy yeah um i think i'm down the same i found this a compelling uh title so it had me thinking when ari proposed it earlier this week um to talk about this because we did talk a, a few episodes ago about barriers to success and i think we spent a bit of time on financial barriers to success and it is the one that is most frequently expressed to us when i meet with people and um when we attend these conferences and stuff that people are well where did you get the money i mean because it seems like a, a really big trial yeah i acknowledge that it is a bit of a trick yep i would say um i would repeat the advice that was given to me though if you have a really great deal, then um, it will attract money. And Ari's right, meeting up with different groups. I'd suggest in addition to, you know, I might put this in our next uh, episode, but you'd have to rate, you have to raise money from others if you don't have it. So getting on that financial wall of the first tier banks, the second tier banks, the third tier lenders like credit unions, fourth tier lenders like um Oh boy, I, I hate to name them, but out here there's Antrim and some of those other ones that are are uh, set up to as lenders of sort of last resorts or long uh, long odds kind of projects. Higher interest rates, of course, but you know you're going to have to hustle to find deals that bear that kind of financial um, cost. However, this is maybe this is a soapbox opportunity, but I frequently see advertised in some of these programs and with other people saying what they're proposing or what they'd like to do, the deal they'd like to be involved in. And they take a really fat slice for themselves. And for the deal to work for them, they have to make a home run on the very first deal. 
And I can't tell you that that was my experience because it wasn't. I took a virtually no slice on the first deal. I just got an opportunity to work with the right people. So I was willing to gamble my time, talent, energy, creativity, but I did had I had precious little money on the prospect of making the project work. And for 18 months, I labored day and night and weekends to make that project turn around. And through that, the only uh, gain that I had was experience and reputation and a little bit of respect. It never paid off for a while or quite a while. Um, I frequently see deals that are too rich for me to be even interested in on a person who has no experience. If you have nothing and no stake, no skin in the game, I'm not that interested. And especially if you think you're going to get a big payout from this, I am not that interested because I really can't prove your value to the process is equal to 40% of the equity or 50% or something. I've heard of 50% of the equity for, sorry, for what? For an unproven nobody to do something that they've never done before. And it, it's unlikely to happen. But if you weigh the odds in my favor to invest with you and you take a thin slice of it and exercise some humility, then I'm interested. Then I'm interested in seeing if you can prove this out. So I consistently see people with these prospects overvaluing their worth to the process. I mean, you're not as necessary as you think you are. And that's just the simple truth. Money talks, everything else walks, right? You know how, what, how you can fill that in correctly. If you don't have money, you're asking. In some cases, you're begging for participation and partnership. So a little humility would work and would go a long ways. So my suggestion would be to get past that financial wall, create a no-brainer where it is so clear that anyone investing with you and participating with you as a partner is going to succeed and weight all odds in their favor, not yours. Now you're going to interest the money. Now it might become compelling and you will find people open their wallets for a project such as that, where there's no possibility or very little possibility that they're going to fail. And you're carrying the weight of it because you don't have any financial responsibility. At the end of it, what do you lose? Your time, which, you know, with no money, I don't know what your time is exactly worth, right? It's inestimable. So I that's how I did it. And I did it over and over again, first to prove it to them, and then to prove it wasn't a fluke, and then prove it to myself. Um, when you do that, you get to the other side of the financial wall where there's unlimited funds and banks are phoning you and pestering you, asking if there's projects for them to finance. And that's the enviable position where I am now, where I'm looking for other projects. And what I'm really looking for is agents to do the work. And now you're looking for someone to say, hey, could you do this for me? I have the money, but I am looking for an agent to, to act. I'm looking for creativity and talent and dedication and a little bit of moxie and ingenuity to take on a project. So getting beyond that financial wall usually takes a fairly extraordinary um, sacrifice. Um, it is a real barrier. I'm, I'm not minimizing it, but it is really tricky. And I see a lot of deals fail because the ask of compensation on the side, on the other side of the wall you know, the person trying to get over the wall is too big. It's out of scale. It's inappropriate. Um, at least from my perspective, that's how I see it. So I would say take a thin, thin piece of the deal. Make sure all your partners and everybody succeeds. 
outrageously before you put your hand out for more. And you will not, you know, if you can do that over and over, you won't have any trouble attracting money or deals or partners. It's, it's just, the, you know, the rule of the jungle. Somebody produces like that, they get compensated. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Glenn? I don't know. I had a lot of the same sort of things. Okay. But uh, it is also one of those things off the start is you always, um, you, you think it's the hardest part is to find this money in order to do this. You, Everyone thinks it's the hardest part to find the money. But like you said, as you go into the the, the third, fourth tier banks, there is a lot more. Um, so I don't want to regurgitate the same thing. So I just want to add the the things I didn't have in there. Um, but I think a lot of it is that people, when they say they can't find the money, they're stuck in a groove where they want, they're used to doing conventional lending and they've run out of conventional lending, right? They're not, haven't, they even got creative and went to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't gone any farther. They like for the U S they haven't went to a hard money lender, right? They haven't mm -hmm. went a little bit farther, a little bit more expensive and went down that path. Um, they haven't reached out to get a sponsor for their deal, right. To help them qualify for other things, right. They haven't, you know, that's what a way a lot of these syndications work. They bring a sponsor in, in order to qualify for this. And they usually have to have the net worth of at least the project or one and a half times the project. And then mm -hmm. they get a chunk of the deal when really all they do is sign for, for the loans. Right. <laughs> and so th there's, there's huge opportunities and there's lots of people that are open to, if it's a good deal, to taking uh taking a good chunk of it right and that's the thing it's all about finding the good deal the hardest part is finding the good deal if you find the good deal the numbers work there's private money like Ari was saying there's you know syndications joint ventures there's lots of ways to get the money there's third-party lenders um i don't need to regurgitate this whole thing but it's all really it, it's about solving problems being willing to go a little bit farther when when someone says no you have to keep going and think, figuring out or asking those people who said no do you know what the next step is who would approve this what other yeah. lenders are improved how do other people get these things done right yeah. talking going to masterminds like ari was saying talking to people who are doing these same sort of things because somehow they're finding the money right yeah and you know it, and they're they're honestly taking it out of the cut in the deal so if there's a a 30% potential ROI there or, or piece of it, that person is going to guarantee your loans for you. That third party, he's going to need something and someone else is going to need something. And if you have a hard and fast deal that you need 40%, there's nothing to give up. You can have 40% of a pie that's got nothing in it, or you can have 10% of a very large pie. You know, it's just, you know, you got 40% of nothing or 10% of something. I'm, I'm in the latter group. I take the 10% of something. And get Especially moving. It gets you in the door. You get your foot yeah. in the door. And then you get get a few a few deals under your belt. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention, and I think we should have been uh, we should have clarified at the beginning. Uh, sure. I was talking about residential. So that's when we try to grow a portfolio on the residential side. Uh, it's a bit different with commercial. Usually it's the property and the numbers for the property that qualify. Glenn mentioned KPs, you know, key partners. That they are the one with the balance sheet that qualify uh, and you know the food with a pen mm -hmm. person needs to have the the balance sheet uh, and have in net worth what the the loan amount is uh, that's for multifamily because uh, then you get non-recourse debt if you invest in the us in multifamily it's um it's more it's more complicated with commercial uh, non-residential commercial to get uh, non-recourse debt uh, there are certain uh it's it's possible but it's not not as common as uh, with multifamily super rare super rare in canada You'll have 
multiple. They'll reach overreach everything. They want every single beneficial owner articulated, how much they put in and what their net worths are. So it's really, really hard in Canada to do that. Any with the big five, even the second tier lenders, like First National, National Bank, any of those lenders, uh, the credit unions will require it. Anything with CMHC will go right through to every beneficial owner. Any partnership, any limited or general partnership, it's you won't avoid it. Not it, not here. And another thing to think about is when the lenders are telling you no, it's sometimes, depending on the lender, sometimes you can ask them why. What is the part of this that isn't mm-hmm. working? Like this question. Why, why is what are this part of this doesn't work? Is it your property's too cheap? Is it there's something unusual about it? Because per, perhaps you could go to some more expensive money, um, prove concept if that's what they need, fill the vacancies, refinance the property into something with some better terms, right? Because sometimes it's just they will only lend if you're at a certain vacancy level, right? There's lots of criteria that you need to hit, and maybe you just can't hit it on the purchase, but you could hit it on the refi. Right. If you know what you're aiming for, you could find it. Yeah. I, I, you know, that financing financial barrier, the financial wall, I have lunch with a banker almost every week. I have a phone call with one or two of them every week, ones that are currently in my portfolios and ones that are not. I mean, that that's your primary, you know, uh, relation, one of your primary relationships, one of. I don't need to see my lawyer that often, only when we got a deal coming and I give him a heads up, we're working on something, but I need to keep in the market with financing that again, up right up against that financial wall every week to know what's going on and to keep in front of them. They, they might have, you know, face blindness and forget about you. You yeah. don't want that to happen. You want to be on their book and you want to know what their goals are. Like I asked my, my commercial banker explicitly, what's success for you this year? So I got invited out to Rogers Center to watch um, a country western, three country western bands, Rhett something or other. I, I never heard of them. Um, by RBC in their booth. Yeah. Um, you know why I'm there? Because there's other guys like me, guys, family groups, and other investors just like me, lawyers and bankers in that room. I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed the chicken wings, and the J Lore Cab Sav. Modest amount of it. What I really enjoyed was talking with my banker and saying, what does success look like to you this year? What do you need? She told me she needs 30 million of new book, 30 million in new loans, commercial loans. That's what success looks for you. So she's there for that purpose to build new book. I'm there to find financing for approximately $5 million of new purchases. Wow. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, I was going to say. She needs me. I need her. And all it took was some chicken wings, a country Western singer and a bottle of wine. Well, that sounds like a country western song, doesn't it? <laughs> Writes itself. If we have any country western singing listeners out there, if you put that tune to that, the three of us will sing it next time. No, you'll have to give us a little uh, country western jingle that I can add to the exit on this one. Well, it is a little bit at the end. If you let it run longer, it does the chord change. To the it's not bad. No. I don't know. That's a thought. That's a thought. That's my thoughts. I thought this a really great topic. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah. Interesting picture of describing your insights and uh, as usual if you want to if you want us to cover a question you have about real estate feel free to uh, send us an email send us your question per email at advanced reitalk at gmail.com it's advanced reitalk at gmail.com and we will cover it during the show thank you for tuning in and see you next week bye everybody thanks everyone